Episode 10 of the Albums of the Decade series on West Sim Radio is brought to you by Arena Solutions. Much love to friend of the project and a participant already in the Albums of the Decade series, Mr. Blake Hall, the proprietor of Arena Solutions. Um, they are the perfect firm to handle your branding, graphic design, and creative marketing needs, providing logos, business cards, flyers, general business starter kits, and much, much more. For more information and to see some samples of their work, you can head to their Instagram, which is at arena underscore solutions, arena underscore solutions, don't forget the underscore, or shoot to their website, arenasolutions.myportfolio.com. That is arenasolutions.myportfolio.com. Remember, the credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena. Tap in with Arena Solutions today. We are also brought to you by the best kept secret, Wasusim and Wasusim.com, a gang, 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 where we are chugging along with a whole lot, man. Photography is about to expand its services. Consulting's steady going strong, whether you need professional development or any other copywriting, copy editing needs. Uh, Wasusim Radio is shooting for two episodes a week moving forward, so be on the lookout for those. And Albums of the Decade will be in full swing um, going through 2020. So, yeah, um, everything's going on, man. Plus, uh, new writings by yours truly and our entertainment critic, Miss Ryana Morgan. Um, so, yeah, when you get a chance, um, please head to the website, whatsuitsim.com. One more time, whatsuitsim.com. One more time, whatsuitsim.com. All right, boom, man. Double digits, guys. We did it. I feel like I was always, I feel like I've been like inching toward episode 10. Uh, since I started this project, and now that I'm here, I'm like, oh, damn, I'm about to do 100 of these. So it's lit, fam. We did it. We here. Um, for episode 10, we have music journalist extraordinaire, Ms. Maka Percante. We will get into her illustrious and vast background in music journalism and her selection uh, for the project. But first, as always, my brother, mm. Willie Macon. I'm Detroit's own savior, Detroit's own plug, Detroit's own future, Detroit's own love, I'm Detroit's own, yeah, I'm Detroit's own, yeah, and I never asked for my heart back, you can have it, without all you taught me, I never would have lasted, I know I can move through some Hollywood dudes. Okay, it's fine, boom, we did it, we here. Hey everybody, after technical difficulties, we finally figured this out, um... Albums of the Decade, I don't know which part this is going to be yet, but the homie Makapur is on the line. I feel So before the first bout of technical difficulties, I was like, I need to make sure you get all your flowers. I don't want to miss any of the flowers. So uh, please introduce yourself to the congregation. <laughs> sure. Um, my name is Makapur, and that is also my Twitter handle, at M-A-N-K-A-P-R-R. Conte, amen. Um, and I am a journalist. I am an arts and culture journalist. I most often write about music um, and musicians uh, and their experiences. And so right now I am a editorial fellow at Pitchfork, uh, the most trusted name in new music news yeah. and criticism. <laughs> um, and that's been a really great experience. But before that, over the summer, I was at Vogue um, doing some freelance work. I talked to Rico Nasty about being a woman in rap. I interviewed Normani about how she keeps her life, her life together on tour with Ariana Grande. Um, I've gotten the opportunity to have a lot of really cool conversations in music, like this one that we're about to have. Boom. Yeah, she's she's mad credential, y'all. So um, 
If y'all haven't listened to any of the um, other episodes yet, listen to this one because she knows what she's talking about. Um, although everybody has known what they talk about, I hope none of my friends take that to shade. But she's mad credentialed. So, anyways, um, yeah. So if y'all are looking at the podcast artwork, y'all already know what we're going to talk about. I feel like I should have given you the opportunity to like give me any honorable mentions if you wanted to beforehand. Um, oh yeah, like for other albums. Yeah, just something you want to just give a quick shout out to. Okay, yeah, I got a list. Ready? All right. So we're going to shout out Control. We're going to buy Sism. We're going to yep. shout out Trip by Janae Aiko. Yep. We're going to shout out Trap Soul by Bryson Tiller, but we're going to ignore all the rapping on that album. <laughs> I like the rapping, man. Um, okay. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. The rapping is very niggish. But it I, is, I, but uh, whatever. <laughs> neither here nor there. Keep going. <laughs> um, So Much Fun by Young Thug. Mm-hmm. This is a new favorite. Acid Rap is like a modern classic by uh, Chance the Rapper. Mm-hmm. Divine Feminism, or Divine Feminine, sorry, by uh, uh, R.I.P. R.I.P. Man, that broke my heart when he passed because that album was like the soundtrack to a very important part of my life. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, I'm going to keep going. Just a couple more, okay? Because this was really hard to like choose one album to hone in on like i i adore the album that we're going to talk about mm-hmm. but there were so many good albums particularly in like the last maybe like five years yeah i agree with that i got to so much fun real late i got to so much fun i want to say like around thanksgiving i was just riding around i was home for wow. detroit yeah and i was like let me just listen to thug and i really the song he got with uh machine gun kelly i really don't fuck with him like that but that's really i've been begging that since i started listening to the album I I listened, there's like a three song run with like, uh, I'm scared with 21 Savage. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this other song, um, I Bought Her, which is like, as a feminist, you know, I mean, as a feminist listening to rap. It's, yeah, I mean, it's already complicated. It's all, it's all difficult. But there's this one song, I Bought Her, that is amazing about like, basically buying a woman's love with like, bags and shit. Um, and then there's this other song with Lil Duke where he sounds like a Muppet. I think it's Cartier Gucci Scarf. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I think I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those are amazing. So I I, I bumped so much fun so much. Um, I also bumped More Life a lot in mm-hmm. this decade. Love Is Rage Two by Lil Uzi Vert. Um, and then I got a shout out in African Outside by Burna Boy. Okay, shout out to Burna. Um, I just got. Well, I ain't gonna say just got. I heard Yay. At the BET Awards last year, and I was like, "Who is this guy? Why am I have I not been hip?" And I've been banging dude ever since. So yeah, shout out to Burner. Yeah, um, African Giant was incredible. It took me it took me longer to like African Giant than Outside, just mm-hmm. because it was a long project, but both incredible projects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, boom. So now that we are through your honorable mentions, we can just hop right into your selection. You want to go ahead and say it. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about Anti by Rihanna. Uh. I come fluttering in front of Valentine, can never stop me, no, 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 no. I know you try to. I come riding in on a pale white horse, and in no high still less fortunate. I do as I do run in.
illustrious body of work that came out in the 2010s. Yeah. I, um, so when you asked me if I like pick the albums, which I don't, um, <laughs> I, so when I started picking people to do uh, the podcast, I tried to like do five, five minute, five women. You are in the first 10. Congratulations. But um, I really want to do anti and I couldn't find anybody that was will, not willing to do it, but everybody was picking other shit. And I was like, Am I gonna have to make an executive decision at a point? And yeah, you just came out and said it, so it works out perfectly. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Cool. Um, okay, so why is Anti your favorite, or in your opinion, the best album of the decade? So I think that Anti really came after a period, a rare period, in which we were not getting music from Rihanna, right? Like Rihanna was releasing an album. Yeah, that's like true. A- for a very long time but there was a four-year stretch before who is one of the world's like biggest pop stars um gave us a full body of work and then i think that that creates a lot of pressure like that makes Mm. the stakes really high and she delivered you know like if there will for me there was no disappointment each listen like uncovered something new and i think that that is like the I think that's really like the the highest bar that an artist can meet with music mm-hmm. is that like with each listen, you discover something new or you enjoy something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has been the experience that I've had with Anti since 2016. And like it like it's familiar, but it's all, there's also things to discover. But mostly it's because like she there was a lot of anticipation and she was able to deliver. Yeah, I can't disagree. I'm trying to remember. So I was doing my little half-ass internet research um, over the last couple of weeks before we setting this up. And I semi-remember... So literally, actually last night it hit me about Bitch Better Have My Money. Bitch Better Have My Money Y'all should know me well enough Bitch Better Have My Money Play down, call me on my blood Pay me what you want me Ballin' bigger than LeBron Why wasn't it on Anti again? And I kind of remember it being like part of the lead rollout, but it didn't like kind of hit like it was supposed to. And so she kind of recalibrated some things. It's always one of my favorite music tropes is when like a superstar drops their first single and it don't really hit like that. And they got to kind of go back in the lab. And I like Bitch Better Have My Money. So it's actually kind of a weird thing for me to talk about. Um, But it definitely wasn't what she wanted it to be. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I was just trying to think. Like, I remember, I think that there was a performance of Bitch Better Have My Money in, like, some, like, green. I can't remember um, if it was, like, what award show or what what occasion solicited this performance. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, I remember it being, like, exciting and, like, a cultural, like, moment. But, yeah, like, I, it just kind of came and went in my memory. Yeah. And then... um she was. She did four or five seconds with Kanye and Paul McCartney. Kanye was supposed to be because that's when it was still called R8. I don't know why all these memories came back as I was doing the research about it. it was it didn't have a name. And Kanye came out and was like, this was still like Yeezus Pablo uh, Kanye. And he was like, I'm executive producing it. And I remember still being, I wasn't quite over Kanye yet, but I was getting there. And I was like, 
Man, don't mess up Rihanna's album, bro. Like, I don't need that. Whatever you about to do to it, please don't do it. Um, Four or five seconds is a very forgettable song to me. I like it's it, though. That, it's forgettable. It is forgettable, but I do like it. I'm more inclined to listen to it again, but I did just find out that this artist that I really love, like, has a writing credit on it. Her name is Kirby. Mm. And um, have you ever listened to Kirby? I don't think so. She has this one song called Bane. She has a new project called Sis that I don't love as much as this song called Love By You and this song called Bane. And so that made me, knowing that she wrote on it, made me want to go listen to it again. But that was the first impulse I've gotten to listen to that song again since Bane. No, I, I'm not even mad at you because um, I didn't listen to four or five seconds again until I was doing the research for this. And I was like, oh yeah, like kind of the lead up to everything else included four or five seconds. Well, like you said, she um, definitely was the type of artist that was cranking out stuff every 12 to 18 months. Not even 18, really. And so, for her to take the time off was definitely um, not expected for somebody who cranked out music as typically as she did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then, I think for me, too, uh, so, this is an album that made me a Rihanna fan, straight up. I feel like I... I always liked her. I'm, I mean, she's fine. But be, beyond that, I always just kind of found her, I don't know, appealing in a way. So um, I don't want to dive too deeply in this because it ain't a Chris Brown podcast. But like, I'm so Chris Brown and Rihanna are like pillars of my childhood in a way. And so that's why I kind of can't get rid of Chris Brown in my life because I'm like, whatever. I, I remember him doing ill shit when I was 13. So um, I don't know, man. Like when they... When the Grammy shit happened and they broke up, I was always kind of curious about, like, how their careers, not splintered, but definitely went on different trajectories. And she is, like, to, um, I remember that Grammys as, like, supposed to have been a little coronation, basically. It's, like, the new, like, the, the 2010s pop stars or whatever. That was supposed to be his night as, like, the new Michael Jackson. And they got in that fight, and it all kind of went down the drain after that. But she continued to ascend, and he just kind of stagnated. And so I just, I've always thought their careers have been curious, um to be tied together that way. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, I want to trouble a couple of things. I want to trouble, like, the language that we use around, like, the Grammy shit, quote, unquote. Mm-hmm. Like, that wasn't all, and I feel like we should be very clear. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> I feel like we should be, because those are, that's the kind of thing, and this is a little bit of, like, a segue, but, like, that is um, the kind of thing that makes it easier for me to not listen to Chris Brown. Like, I had With You by Chris Brown stuck in my head at work yesterday, mm. because, like, the soundtrack to, like, my little middle school romance. But, like, when, I, when I'm, when i like, clear about like, what had happened um, as, like, an assault, as, like, a major act of violence, and, like, the pictures of her face that we've seen, and, like, yeah. the, 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 he had to do an apology tour, but she had to do, like, a confrontation tour, mm-hmm. like, where she's sitting on, like, major cable networks, or she's sitting with Oprah, and she's even writing songs, like, to bring it back to anti- that confront this like abusive, like painful, but like love dominated relationship, like love on the brain. That's got me feeling this way. It beats me black and blue, but it fucks me so good, and I can't get enough. Off of anti to me is like such an interesting confessional 
um, around that point, if that's what it is. But when she says, like, it beats me black and blue, but it fucks me so good, I'm like, oh, she's talking about Chris, you know? Um, and so I don't know, like, I feel like maybe there, maybe one of the reasons for the different trajectories, because people, don't get me wrong, people still fuck with Chris Brown, like, there, Chris Brown still has a large fan base, but he's just not, like, an international Yeah, no, that, that's what I meant, was that, like, literally, because... I mean, I could be misremembering this entirely, but I remember that night is supposed to have been like, well, th- that Grammys night, because that uh-huh. was the entire sort of promo around it was like Chris Brown and Rihanna are performing at this show together. Come watch. And after I remember it was a big deal when they canceled the performance and niggas didn't quite know what happened. And then details came out about the assault. And literally, that was kind of the end of him being the biggest pop star in the world. I, it was a solid 18 months where they just wouldn't play him on the radio. And I, I mean, he's a cash cow, so again, so they kind of forgave him. But yeah, I just remember, like, again, as a Chris Brown fan, being like, "Damn, it might be it's over for this dude who literally just had to show up to work one night, and he would have gotten coordinated as like the next big thing, and he couldn't even do that shit." So um, yeah, yeah, that that sounds like a personal problem for Chris Brown. It, no, it do, <laughs> it do. Um, but yeah, like, just so just just always thinking about how. Um, and so even with so you brought love on the brain I, I thought of Woo when I thought of Chris Brown some of those lyrics um, you thought of what song? Uh, woo the beginning of Woo Ooh. I bet she can never make you cry because the cars of your heart is still mine. Tell me she can never get this deep. She can always be the... So, um... You think that's a shot at Karuchi or somebody? A little bit. <laughs> um, and, like, I, I don't know. So, tiptoeing around it because, again, like, Assault is never cool. I feel like they just kind of always... I feel like they that was their relationship. And so, I feel like she's kind of acknowledging that. Like, the scars, the scars on your heart, like, still belong to me. Like, literally, like you can't get away from me because of, like, the sort of passionate, toward relationship we had. Um, stuff like that. Uh, I always associate Wu with the man that co-wrote and appears on the song, and that... Because remember, that was a rumored relationship. Yeah, I, did, yeah, I, I, yeah, I was going to bring that up, too, the Travis Scott there. Yeah, when I went to, when I went to the Anti-World Tour in Charlotte, uh, Travis Scott was watching right in front of me, mm. like, on a skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> Like having the time of his life. Yeah, I um, I wish I could find the article because I hate just quoting stuff that I can't actually cite. I think it was it was either GQ or Vice. the The premise of the article was that the guy could not lock Travis down for the for the interview. Basically, Travis's people would hit him up and be like, "Okay, meet us here," and then the guy would get there and the dude would be like, "Yeah, Travis isn't here yet," or like the guy would like. So for some reason, Travis would be tied up. So one particular instance, he told Travis, well, Travis told him to meet him at some like hotel, at which point he ditched him because Rihanna wanted to hang out. And I was like, I mean, <laughs> you can't really say shit about it. Yeah. You can't. What What would you do? Right. Like, right. 
I'm I'm definitely about to go hang out with Rihanna. But yeah, like I I think about uh Travis's influence over that track a lot because it's like I'm not a Travis Scott like stan. I don't know a ton about him pre Astro World, but like I feel like on Anti, she plays these different characters. Like on Desperado, there's like this like outlaw character. Mm-hmm. And then woo, it feels like there's like a like a rager, like a Travis Scott, like like a feminine Travis Scott like character. And I think that maybe it's just because of his influence over the song. Um, but it's one of my favorites because it like takes this like very masculine like movement, like the movement around like Travis Scott and his shows and like feminizes it to me. Yeah. I thought about that a lot too. Just the idea that uh she she's a fucking thug, man. Like for lack of better phrasing. She's really like a gangster on this album, but she's still very vulnerable. It's not like she like you said, she's feminizing masculinity, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and that to me is kind of one of the overarching things of the entire album is this idea that like no i'm still like i'm a g like don't get it fucked up but at the same time you know like i can still be vulnerable i can still want to like be loved on i can still want like hugs and shit you know yeah and i mean like even if you think about the album art around the time of anti like she or uh, not album art but like the the photo shoot that like took place the like promotional imagery that came out like she had these like thick eyebrows mm-hmm, and mm-hmm weird braid she's wearing a suit in some of them like like the a lot of rihanna had to do with like sun like if we think about like her first album or like sexiness right and like being desirable like being like this like sex symbol essentially but like anti was not these images were not like cute like they were high fashion like they were rihanna like moving into like the world of like fence and then also to your point, yeah, like Rihanna, like toying with ideas of like femininity and masculinity and just like being more than like beautiful and like rhythmic, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, to that point, I think this is definitely, and I, I think I was trying to get at this when I said like, this is the album that made me an actual Rihanna fan was I felt like she was, and sometimes, I mean, not even, this isn't an indictment on Rihanna because all artists, it takes a while for writers, artists, musicians athletes it takes you a while to figure out like who you are and i anti to me is when she figured out who she was you know like every song in this album feels to me that's why this is actually like one of the best out of the decade like full stop no matter what list no matter what genre is because i mean she's every song is kind of its own genre love on the brain and higher maybe maybe like part one and part two of the same sort of deal but to me, every song is like authentic, but still authentically Rihanna. Meaning, I can't even see, I couldn't see anybody else making these songs on this album but her. And yeah, to me, that's like, a, that's a song. I agree. I, like, it just wouldn't be the same. And, and it's interesting because there were a handful of people who are artists involved in the writing. Like Bibi Borelli, she's an artist who's mm-hmm. involved in the writing of this. Shout um, to Bibi. But like, I couldn't imagine this coming from anywhere or even like SZA like being on consideration like consideration could be a SZA song but I think that Rihanna really like puts her own flair on it um I don't know like it's so hard to say like for me to say like is this her coming into herself but I do know that like when I I was kind of like sort of like just kind of like flipping through some of the other albums before and this definitely feels the most mature. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it, it feels like edgy without 
trying so hard. Like, yeah. he has a song about, like, S&M, but that song doesn't really feel, like, edgy, per se. Like, it still feels, like, very, like, poppy. And mm-hmm. she has some, like, dark, she has, like, dark vibes on, um, like, if I think, I'm thinking about the album art for, I think it's uh, maybe Talk That Talk, where it's, like, black and white. Yeah, I think that's Talk um, That Talk. Um, or is it rated R? It might be rated R. I'm, I'm thinking of rated R, I think, yeah. Um, and, like, there, there, there are points where she definitely plays with, like, this edginess, but it just, it feels very, it, it feels very, like, natural, I guess, like, on this album. Um, but, and I think that something else that you had said made me think about the sequencing of it, mm-hmm. where, like, I do think that in, like, the first, like, eight songs, and I'm thinking about the deluxe version that has, like, Sex With Me on it and, like, Goodnight Gotham yeah, yeah. Um, and Pose at the end. Like, when I think about Anti, I think about the deluxe version. But um, even the sequencing of it, the very the first eight songs are very much her being very self-assured. Mm-hmm. Um, like, telling you who she is and what she needs and, like, who you are in her life, right? Like, yeah, I said it, like, Desperado, like, Kiss It Better. Like, these are all, like, very commanding sort of things. Mm -hmm. And then, like, the album is dynamic, though, because it doesn't just, like, stay like that. You know, like, there's, like, this sort of, like, weakness that pops through in the next few songs. Like, when you think about... um, same old mistakes are like never ending and like love on the brain and like higher, like this sort of like desperation for something. Mm-hmm. But then like when you think about the deluxe version, it kind of circles back into like her being like, oh, I'm that bitch, <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, I, I think it's incredible. And it's like the sequencing of it is not even like a thing that I like had thought about. It's sort of like what I was saying earlier. Like it's a thing that where like each time you go back to anti, you can like uncover something special about it. Yeah. The sequencing is actually something I thought about um, as I was listening to it last night. I think it's perfectly sequenced. I think so. I'm just generally a sucker for um, for like solid manifesto y first songs and then the rest. So I don't know. Like, I wish I could more like define or like more easily um, write it down, like what my definition of this is. But like, the first song is great. The second song is great. The third song is great. I'm pretty much in at that point. I, I don't really know what else. Like, the first three songs are hits then you probably got me. And then the fourth song was the single, so it's like, all right, you four for four. And then Desperado is like, damn, I can't really, I don't have any skips yet. So, um, yeah, to me, the sequencing is pretty much everything. Um, I mean, I'm even thinking about the last four songs. If those were sequenced any different, I don't particularly care for Close to You. I think it's probably the best album closer of hers I can think of. You don't need my protection. But I'm in love, can't blame me for checking I love your direction Hoping that the message goes Somewhere close to think had it been anywhere else on the album it might not have worked that well but because it was the album closer and it like highlighted her lyric well the lyricism of the of the song and um her vocal talents which had grown exponentially it's like okay i understand like why this fits um at the end of the mm. album. yo that's very interesting because um i agree like close to you and like never ending like the slow like the battle i love never ending me apart this time 
Everything is never ending Slipped into a parallel We'll never understand This feeling always gets away Wishing I could hold on longer But does it have to feel so strange To be in love again, to be in love again, to be in love again It came on last night, and I was like, I've never heard, like, have, what is this? And I was like, oh, this is one of those songs I don't remember until I hear it again. And I'm like, oh, shit, I love this song. Right. Like, well, for me, it was like, when I think about where I was when I was, like, listening to this, when it had first come out, like, I was not in a place where, like, I was, I liked that version of Rihanna. Like, mm. Stay was one of her biggest songs. Never liked it. Mm-hmm. So, like, Never Ending and, like, Close to You give me, like, the same sort of vibe. And I, I I feel you when you say like you know like close to you is like maybe not your favorite song on the album, um, but it's interesting that um, you like how we think about it closing because I'm like because we've had the deluxe versions for so long I've never thought about close to you as like the ending mm. I've always thought about sex with me as the ending. And sex with me so amazing. Honest, work, no vacation. My Instagram, your temptation. Sex with me, sex with me, sex with me. That to me is like another sort of manifesto in that, like, yes, I've gone through this like emotional roller coaster on this album. However, I am still that bitch. Mm-hmm. And as you imagined, as all of you have imagined, sex with me is amazing. <laughs> and I just would like to proclaim that. <laughs> and it like it it solidified like the like sexiness and edginess and like raunchiness and like candid nature of like Rihanna as like a public persona and as like a musician that like I've always appreciated. So like it made a lot of sense to me as an ending. But I've never yeah. thought about close to you. No, so sex with me is like sex with me is is definitely the shit. I feel like it, it was the belated people's champ. I wanna say I don't let me make sure I, I got my dates right, because I don't wanna just talk out my ass. I wanna say that um the deluxe came out like a week later or a day later or something like that. I don't know. I feel like I had the standard before I had the deluxe. I don't know. And so, um, yeah, I didn't hear, I definitely didn't hear uh, Sex With Me until another day. It wasn't the first time I heard the album. Um, with that said, though, I'm glad she attached those three songs to, because, I mean, got, uh, Good, Good Night Gotham really is just a throwaway. Not I a throwaway. It. I love it, but it's not, it's, it's there. And then Pose, Literally, when I think of Pose, I think of, like, y'all just right getting dressed with your girls. Yeah, Pose might... I can see maybe why, but Pose is so fun. Like, no, it's mad fun. Chaotic and like it's like chaotic but it's still like organized and yeah maybe maybe it is like if you are like a hyper masculine person not your favorite thing yeah. but <laughs> yeah but um as far as like i think it's just because it's been so long that this like i've had my hands on the deluxe version like i don't really remember what my initial reaction was to the sequencing of the first time that I heard it mm-hmm. but like now that like it's been what four years since we've had like the deluxe like that's just the reason why I think about it this way yeah no so um 
generally speaking, I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only one that has this experience, but like, um, I have sort of, so Anti came out, I went to, I got to go to Cuba, I want to say a month after Anti came out. And so internet was, it's probably still in sparse over there. And all I had was the music on my phone. And Anti was one of the albums I had on my phone. I only had like 50 songs saved on my phone. So I listened to Anti pretty much nonstop that whole week. And um, yeah, I mean, I think when you listen to an album start, to me, that's one thing I do miss about just the CD days, which was like you had to listen to the whole album start to finish. Or if you wanted to skip a song, you could skip the song. But like there was no really jumping from album to album. It was you were stuck with those 15 songs until you changed the CD. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like just to be able to listen to it start to finish over and over and over again, it's like you start to pick up, I guess, like little subtleties and little ticks about the sequencing. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, even to your point about like noticing things after the fact, like, I didn't even notice "Love on the Brain" and "Higher" were basically like part one and part two of this, not the same song, but definitely like of the same sort of genre family until like yesterday. And I was like, oh shit, like, this is pretty much like her not consolidating her her interest, but definitely showing that she she can do a lot of everything, you know? Yeah, yeah, like. Um, they have like a retro sort of like feel, right? Like yeah. higher and love on the brain. Yep. Like they, they feel like a throwback to like a whole nother era. But like, I love how they're still like lyrically and like vocally, like so modern, like higher has always been like, I think maybe my favorite song on the album. It's so hard to choose. It's so hard to choose. I go back, I go back and forth between higher being my favorite and work being my favorite and sex with me being my favorite, Mm -hmm. but higher, like the screeching, like, I think that it could be boring the, the way that like both love on the brain and higher have this like very retro feel that feels very similar to each other. Mm -hmm. But like, the desperation in her voice yeah. on high oh, it's so arresting you take me That's one of the notes I took definitely was that um so I I wrote down something about unfaithful on one of these songs and it wasn't for hire, but it applies to hire too, just about how like I like Unfaithful. It's young Rihanna. And I mean, like, so to the point I was making earlier about she just didn't know who she was yet. She's not very convincing in that song to me. Um and it's a pretty song, like she's she does ably. She's not it's not a failure, but something like hire where she's actually able to like display those emotions vocally, you know what I mean? I don't think she could have done that on the faithful. Unfaithful to me just sounds like a little girl singing a song about like cheating. Whereas like higher is she, I don't I don't think she could have made higher 10 years ago, which I mean obviously duh, but the she's definitely a musical talent which I don't think people would have called her in 2007, you know, or 2006. Well, well I think the reason she couldn't have made higher prior if she couldn't have is because like people were still debating like how good of a singer is Rihanna, you know? Yeah. And so, like, Hire is not, like, 
a technically well sung song, right? To me, you know, like it's actually her voice is like kind of ugly at a lot of mm-hmm. points in it. And I think that like Unfaithful is like a very pretty like <laughs> like it's very it's very pretty it's very put together it's like a like a like a typical ballad maybe about like an atypical subject mm-hmm. coming from a woman's perspective but um, yeah higher I think she had the freedom to to like just like with the photos like be ugly yeah. for a second. Um, but she made the ugly beautiful though. You know what I mean? Like her vocal, oh, yeah. her vocal control on that song is crazy. Um, like you said, she she does ugly it up. She ugly. She it's uh, it's it's not attractive to say the least. <laughs> but um, it's not attractive intentionally. You know, like it's it's very yeah. purposeful. But why she's yeah screeching. It feels like very controlled. Right. It feels very controlled. Yo, black men, are you tired of being told that men are trash? Are you tired of hearing over and over about toxic masculinity? Are you tired of having black masculinity defined for you? All in the videos, dancing. I bet. Check this out. Cue the music, please. My name is Jeremy Hurt, and Let's Talk Bruh is a podcast that I host on black masculinity. We have conversations on black masculinity and take it into our own hands, define it for ourselves, and break down what men are trash really means, as well as what it means to hold ourselves accountable for toxic masculinity and the ways that it impacts us and women. I have conversations on vulnerability, mental health, friendship, sex, and much more. Being a black man, as we know, is a full-time job with no days off. And Let's Talk Pro is a podcast where all black men can have deeper conversations outside of Twitter's 280 characters to vent, to laugh, celebrate our wins, and call each other out for problematic behavior like telling your boy to man up when he's crying because what does it really mean to be a man if you can't cry? With each episode, we try to do our part in considering and suggesting new visions of black masculinity. Let's Talk Bro drops every Wednesday anywhere you can find podcasts. Okay, so we can kind of dive back into the questions a little bit. Um, so I guess, like, what do you have your a memory of listening to the album for the first time? Um, or any I other? don't have of listening to the album for the first time, but I have another memory associated with the album. Go crazy. So, <laughs> so like I was saying um, before, I went to the Anti-World Tour, and I was late. Travis Scott was the opener. Me and my girlfriend, Camry, were late. And so we missed that. And we got there like a little bit before um, the, we got there a little bit before Rihanna started and we were able to upgrade our seats for free. Like uh, there's a little trick with Ticketmaster that I'm not going to expose on this podcast (laughs) because I don't want it to stop working for me. Fair. But but we were able to upgrade our seats for free. So we had this amazing seat. And I remember in some of the opening moments of the show, um, if I'm remembering it correctly, at least at like a pivotal point at the show, Rihanna comes c- over the crowd in like a clear walkway. It's like a hanging suspended hallway, sort of like from the come, hanging down from the ceiling. And I think that I can't remember what song it was. I remember Goodnight Gotham being a really amazing transition. So it's one of my favorite songs on the album. Well, but like I can't remember what song she's like on this walkway hanging over the crowd but it's like I feel like that speaks to who Rihanna is as like a personality and a performer like she like almost accessible it felt like if you put your hands up like you could like almost touch her like she's almost grasped like there's something like almost relatable about Rihanna but there's just something like otherworldly about it that is just like a little bit out of reach as well and um 
Yeah, it was a great show. Like that, and also that was the same year that I went to the Formation World Tour, and I had a much. I, I'm. I think Beyonce is the greatest entertainer of our generation, but I had a much better time at Anti than I did at mm. Formation. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, I um, I feel like my my predominant anti memories are like I said, I was in Cuba, so that was cool. But um, to the point you made, shout out to my homie Brittany. Um, we were talking about anti on that trip, and just kind of how people get stuck in their opinions about certain things. And she was just kind of like, "I'm not seeing any growth." And I, so I think we we're talking about higher specifically. And she was like, "I don't know, like, why she would even try that. Like, she knows she can't sing." And I was like. But the fact that she would try that is evidence she can sing now. Like, it's kind of the point is that, like, it takes vocal talent to even want to even go for that. You know what I mean? So, um, but. I don't know. I, I think that we, I, like, I want to poke a hole in, like, the idea that at any point Rihanna couldn't sing. Like, I don't know if I'm convinced of that. Like, her voice is never, like, like, I, if I'm remembering correctly, didn't she, like, get her deal by, like, singing, like, a Whitney Houston song to, like, Jay-Z or something? Probably. like Something like that. <laughs> if, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe misremembering that. But, like, I think that Rihanna has always had a very nice voice. Like, I, like, I think yeah, that... Yeah, that's the thing. I think she had a nice voice. I don't think she could, like... I think Antariana and, like... I mean, well, duh. But, like, Antariana and... With so, uh, song of the sun, Rihanna. The song, what, was the, what was the first album? Um, Is it music? One? Music of the sun, that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, those are two different Rihanna. But I mean, I'm with you. I think she could like. She sounded nice, but I wouldn't say that she was somebody I was. I would look to to sing a song. Uh, <laughs> powerful. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I always think about the like Dina and um, Dreamgirls sort of idea too. That like mm-hmm. labels want don't necessarily want artists to be singing full out because it makes it difficult for like people, like regular people, to sing along with. Yeah. It's like it like it's like a little like too rich. And so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just I want us to to think <laughs> about <laughs> this no. idea that. Re- I can't say. No, I'm with, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Um so, yeah, I don't know. So that I mean, I was very I distinctly remember that conversation and being like, "Hmm, this is interesting that even on an album where she's very clearly singing strongly and well, that people are still like she can't sing." It's like, "Well, what's Well, I I mean, I have this fight about Wale a lot where it's like, mm. "Okay, he might be a jerk online sometimes, but like when did that? When did we decide he couldn't rap? I feel like people just don't want to like Wale, and so they're like, his music stinks. And I'm like, when have you listened to Wale to decide that? And then they're just kind of like five years ago, and I'm like, that's not a good. <laughs> come on, man! Like, if you have listened to Wale recently, you can't say he stinks. Anyways, uh, yeah, shout out to yeah. yeah, shout out to Wale. Wale will like totally attention. Wale always like frustrated me because I always thought he was incredibly talented, but just so so sensitive. And, like, you, if you say anything bad about Wale, he will respond to you man, on Twitter. <laughs> stay off Twitter, man. Anyways, this is not what we talk about. Uh, but, but, anyway. Uh, okay, so your favorite, I guess, like, five-song stretch on the album, what would you say? I, I can't answer this question, honestly, because I, I I'm not stopping. I don't have a five-song stretch, but I do have a three-song stretch. Okay. Um, so I think from Woo to Needed Me to Yeah, I Said It, transitions really well like tempo wise 
like it like it kind of just like gradually slows down and um like it, it maintains like the same sort of like ethos which like makes it kind of cohesive like just like i'm that bitch like mm-hmm. you want me and here's what i need from you mm-hmm. um so i think like when i this was a hard question though because i think that the songs are for the most part like sequenced in a way that they feel very different yeah like even yeah like even though um like we talked about like higher and like love on the brain like feel kind of similar and it's like cool that they're right there i also maybe would put like kiss it better into like that family too and Mm. it's all the way at the top Mm -hmm. you know so i think that um those three songs though like capture something like tempo wise and like sonically that's interesting yeah um i guess like gun to my head forced to pick i will go consideration through desperado i love kissing better we really haven't talked about this what are you willing to do Well, I, so I love James Joint. First off, let me shout out James Fonleroy, which I feel like I've done on at least eight of these by now. Um, I don't quite understand his, why he doesn't make songs longer than 90 seconds, but whatever, James, do what you do. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. James Joint is beautiful. It, I just love his songwriting. He is, the, he is my favorite songwriter. I can't really put a best or quantify like how good he is, but I feel like... If when I see Fon Leroy's name on a songwriting credit, I'm listening to that song. I don't even. Boo Boo the Fool could sing the song. If Fon Leroy wrote it, I'll probably listen to it. So, just want to shout that out. And then Kiss It Better. I don't know why this made me think of. So I'm oddly a Whitney Houston connoisseur because I thought I was gonna marry her when I got older, when I was like five. Wow, and, I already um, love. Okay. Yeah, but to me, Kiss It Better sounds like a 1989 Whitney Houston song that Rihanna did better. I don't know how else to put it, but it's like I could, I see them trying to like make Whitney do a song like that and her just not being um, flexible enough to like make it work. Whereas Rihanna, we know her as a very like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I feel like flexible is not the word I'm looking for either, but I just felt like Whitney was a little too stiff to be like a rock star sometimes, whereas Rihanna can be all things to all people, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a Whitney connoisseur, but I do think the parallels between Rihanna and Whitney are there like I think I think about it more maybe in terms of their like private lives than like their musical lives Mm. but I've always thought about like Whitney and Bobby Mm. as being like a version of like Chris and Rihanna and I still I mean I I think Chris Brown is 300 times more talented than Bobby Brown but that's neither here nor there continue (laughs) I never understood the Whitney Bobby Brown thing like I will never to this I I will never get it but I'm whatever I mean to cut you off (laughs) But yeah, and I mean, and even just like the like ideas that like Whitney was becoming this like looser like person in like her private life, and like Rihanna, you know, was as well like rolling weed on like someone's head at like Coachella <laughs> and shit. Like, <laughs> like I've, I've thought about that parallel, but I haven't thought about it so much musically. That's something that would be interesting to explore. I did not have that thought thinking about Kiss It Better. Yeah, like so one of my favorite. I guess the sort of things I like track about Whitney Houston's discography is 
So pretty much after her first album, they were like, oh, you are a pop star. You are making pop records. And she had the voice to do it, but not necessarily the temperament. And so like watching the old Whitney Houston video and just like her and these pop songs and she's not dancing at all because she can't dance. It's just like, I get, I, she, was a, she was a cash cow. So they had to do what they had to do. But I could see that she wasn't always the most comfortable doing those type of songs when they would like make her do videos for them. And so... That's what I think about with Kiss It Better is like, how would this video have looked if Whitney Houston had done it? And I felt like she would have been singing it expertly, but otherwise it wouldn't have been that compelling. Whereas with Rihanna is just like everything she, the way she just kind of like carries herself is compelling. So um, it just kind of imbues the music. I don't know. Yeah, there was this challenge that went um, around on Twitter a couple weeks ago where a person asked, you know, if Rihanna and um, Ariana Grande mm, mm-hmm. were the catalogs, what songs would you want each of them to sing? And I think that, like, I thought about Ariana singing higher because she could sing it technically yeah, like, better. she would kill it. But, like, the magic of Rihanna is not in, like, the technicality mm-hmm, of it. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, I feel like the magic of a Whitney Houston is in, like, how technically talented mm-hmm. she is as a vocalist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I 100%, 100% agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. But, again, speaking of Rihanna's growth is the fact that, like, she, to me, is technically there now, you know? I think that she can pretty much sing I, I won't say anything but she can sing a whole lot of things so um, yeah shout out to growth or whatever um, <laughs> so they, so kiss it better than work like I said which was the first thing wake up and nothing's wrong just get ready for work 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 you see me I be work 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 you see me do me da 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 so me better work 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 Summer 16, man. She had that shit on Smash, I will say. Yeah. Summer 16 was a great time for music, from what I remember. Yeah, it was. I'm um, being very happy that summer period, but like also very much enjoying. I mean, Drake, I think Views came out summer 16. Yeah. So. It was out. It was a good time. So, Drake, Rihanna, <laughs> question real quick, because I had this written okay. down. Um, no, I just wanted to know where you rank work in the like Drake, Rihanna canon. Like, among. So, okay, so, so go ahead. Work. There's Take Care. Mm-hmm. There's What's My Name. Yep. Is there an anything? Uh, Take Care, What's My Name. Uh, work, Too Good Off of Views. And then... Oh, good. Technically, there's a, a Lemon remix that Drake hopped on. I don't know. Yeah, we're not counting yeah, that. Yeah, count. But, I mean, like, no disrespect to that song. I just... It was not memorable to me. I was I don't... I have not played that song since it, like, came out. <laughs> but... <laughs> but, damn... I think work tops it, man. Like mm. work, like you, you have to know this thing about me, Larry. Like work is my alarm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That, then that that like, answers the question right there. Pretty yeah, much. Yeah, work is my. I hear work every day, and I think that. I mean, one of the things that was really nice about that summer was like, I mean, this happens in summers. I feel like it's happened in summers prior, but if it's the summer that I remember that like people were really interested in like Afro-Caribbean music Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. like that as like an African, you know, like a first generation American of like African descent, like that made me feel very like heard and like seen in like a way that I don't really like remember in my adult life. Mm. Um, I mean, there was like Sean Paul, like he was a thing for a while, but that felt like more distant and like, um, 
I just work was just uh it was just like a beautiful like mix of like hip hop and R and B and like Caribbean music and like it it just to this day is one of my favorite songs. Yeah, that uh that was the one dance controller work summer. So Yeah, that was a great that was a great time, man. And I mean like even just the pigeon on um on work like made me feel like really seen because it's like my family speaks pigeon like mm-hmm. it's it's different but like i can understand this because you remember there there was a time where people were like oh i don't know what she's saying on this song and i'm like it's just broken english right. like try harder. but also or I know genius my- like genius exists i know people don't yeah, yeah fair but like yeah like my but like that's like a hard criticism for me to like level because i hear english that sounds like that all the time mm-hmm. like in in my family so yeah work it works at the top of the drake and rihanna collabs yeah i guess i agree i feel like i fronted on work for a while i'm trying to remember if i did because i can be a hipster when it comes to things like these i don't um (laughs) i don't even remember why i didn't like it i feel like um this has nothing to do with the song at all i just kind of always have observed that like they really only made music together when they dating and so they might not make any more songs together so i should probably be a little bit more appreciative of work but um Mm. What's up? No, I mean, I, that, I was just reminded of the interviews that they've done where they both are, have, like, like you were saying, solidified that they don't really have a relationship yeah. anymore. Like, literally, I remember when this dropped, I was like, oh, they fucking again. And I remember the girl, the girl I was dating at the time was like, why you say that? And I was like, because they literally only make music together when they talk it. And when they talk it, they probably fuck it. So I'm sorry. I'm just like connecting the dots. <laughs> like, sorry. Uh, but yeah, neither here nor there. Um, I like yeah. Too Good a lot, though, off Views. Too Good is my oh, yeah, me too. I like all them. I like all their songs. Like, this is not an easy decision to yeah. make. Too Good is a great song. What's my name? What? I, I remember song. when that shit dropped. That was a moment in time. Yeah. Oh. Um, great time. And then Desperado, which is probably my favorite song on the album. Desperado. Sitting in a old Monte Carlo. A man who's hot as hollow. Uh-huh. Take it easy. I'm not trying to go against it. Actually, I'm going with you. Gotta get up out of here and you and leave me. But I know you won't, cause we share common interest. You need me there, ain't no leave me. But I no, no, just one out of here, yeah i I'm gone, ain't no going back If you want, we could be the runaway Running from, and it's out of love, yeah, yeah Yeah, I think Desperado is my favorite song lyrically on the album too. Where, where, and I, I do want to say that I think that all the lyrics on this album are super poetic mm-hmm. and strong. But like Desperado, like the storytelling of Desperado yeah. is so. I I literally wrote that down. Was that um, when it comes on, it like transports me to like a dusty bar in a western town where she's like rolling up <laughs> on niggas and it's like. Yeah. Talking her shit, you know? Like, I'm, I'm literally, like, in the bar where she's talking to the nigga. Like, you're not leaving me. I'm like, damn, it's crazy that yeah. she can transport me like that. So. Exactly. Like, I hear that song and see, like, the tumbleweed. Just, right. Like, blowing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, would you so would you say... So, you said that's probably your favorite song lyrically. What would you say your overall favorite song is? Or is it still... Oh, you, you, you mentioned so, Sex With Me, too. You said that was one of them. I did. Sex With Me. I think my overall favorite song, if I have to throw it back to how I felt 
when I first heard it. Um, probably higher. Like work is like I feel like I don't I don't even have to say it because we all know how great of a song it is. Mm-hmm. But like higher to me is just so like it just stops me in my tracks. Like when I hear it, you know. So yeah, I um. Dang, I need to give. I want to give a shout out to Never Ending because that's my shit. And well, tell me what you like about Never Ending because for me, I struggle. I struggle with the slow song. The guitar. I'm I'm a sucker for like a good guitar and a good melody. Um, honestly, and so I also want to give a shout out to Same Old Mistakes, which is actually probably my favorite song on the album. Feel like a brand new If I had to say, well, my favorite song on the album was after the very first listen to the same home stage. Um, mm. Had you heard the same Impala song before? No, I hadn't. Um, and that's what I guess, I won't say that threw me off a little bit. I will say, um, what I want to get at. So the name of the song caught my eye before anything else. I wouldn't say this is the first song I listened to on the album, uh, other than work, of course, because that was a single. But I feel like I went straight to same old mistakes. And I was like, Oh, this is different. Like I've never heard anything. I've never even heard her do anything like this before. Um, and to me, in a way, I'm gonna say like same old mistakes is the um, the sort of like axis on which the album spins. But it does hold a lot of the themes that she's trying to get at. Is that like um, I feel like a brand new person. I'm trying to like make these changes. I can't keep doing the same old shit. You know what I'm saying? And that's one of my favorite things about this album in general is I want to say that about consideration is the manifesto the, the to me consideration is her saying this is going to be the album for the next few years y'all like don't ask me for shit else because I'm giving y'all this classic this is great I need some time to go like actually chase the shit I want to do outside of this music stuff and y'all gonna have to be okay with it um and so every time I listen to Consideration, now I think about that. Like, wow, she really, she told us off bail, I'm not making music for a while, y'all. So live with this. Like, this is great. Y'all like it. And hopefully over time, y'all will come to appreciate how actually classic this is. But I, I have other stuff I want to do. And so to me, same moment, is kind of in the same vein about like, um, I like, I want, like, music is in my life. Like, I want to do all these other things. Like, I can't make the same old mistakes. Um, and I don't know, like, at, at that point in my life specifically, I was definitely there. And I think I'm still there, too, where I'm trying to, I'm trying to advance and grow, but you got to let some shit go. You can't make the same old mistakes. Um, so mm. I would say that's definitely one of my favorite songs just because of the, the immediate connection I had to it the first time I heard it. And then after I heard the Tame Impala um, original, it actually kind of made me love it more. I, I like Rihanna's cover better than the original. Being honest. Oh, okay. Lyrical analysis. I see. You. Some, some slight, you know. <laughs> yeah, I never. I like. I'm. I haven't thought about the those two songs in that way, but that that makes me really want to like go back into the lyrics again and like visualize it through that like lens because it it makes sense to me as I'm hearing it. Yeah, like so. On consideration, she's like, um, I can flounder from Neverland. Time can never stop me. That's like. Mm-hmm. 
So mm-hmm. to the point you made earlier about like she normally was releasing like back to back to back to back. She's like, I ain't doing that shit no more. Like, but time isn't, you know what I'm saying? Like time to y'all isn't time to me. I'm I'm working. Y'all don't see that I'm working, but like behind the scenes stuff is always going on. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, I just felt like this album was her. I guess is what I was getting at earlier when I was saying like I felt like this was her her most confident was that like she was a mu- to me this was her first album where like she wasn't just purely a musician or like working toward music where she was like I am everything or whatever I want to be. I just don't have to be. I mean the way she like we said feminizes masculinity. She's all she's turning shit on his head just throughout this whole album and it's, I appreciate the fact that she's like I am in control of me. And whatever that means, I will figure it out for me. But y'all can't tell me how to run my business, how to run my life, you know? Yeah, yeah. She's definitely, like, a rebel in that way. So, Okay, um, so what would you say are weaknesses, if you can point any out? I, so, truthfully, I don't have any. I'm going to come right out and say I have no weaknesses for this album. Um, you're going to hate me, but, like, my weakness is never-ending. Like, mm-hmm. I think that lyrically... It's really interesting, but I think it's not as engaging as the rest of the songs. And but I also know that like I like that is like a personal weakness because I'm not the person who is coming to Rihanna for for like alternative value. <laughs> yeah, I get. You know I get what you. I mean? Like that. Like that is that is not what I want out of her. But if that's what she wants to put out in the world, then like fine. It's, it it doesn't sound bad. It's just not as interesting to me as everything else. But mm-hmm. that's it. No, you know? I, I do like, agree with that. I, I will say, like, it's probably, like I said, it's a song I forget about till I hear. And then I'm like, oh, damn, never ending. I like this song. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that assessment about it. It's probably, like, the least interesting. But I do think the, the, way, the way you segmented the split about how after, yeah, I said it is way more, well, at least until the, the, least, the deluxe edition tracks come in. Um, same old mistakes through close to you was very self-reflective, you know. And so, I like the sort of, like I said, the just it's the melody in the guitar. It's just her sounding really beautiful. So that's really all I needed from it. Mm. Um, yeah, but that's it. I mean, I think I think it's like a a, a perfect pop album, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's mad eclectic too. I was thinking about how, I mean, we talked about the sort of duopy nature of Love on a Brain and Higher, and how. Close to you is a is a super ballad and never ending is the alternative ballad and same old mistakes is the the alternative cover and mm-hmm. um yeah like she's just kind of like going through genres on here but none of it feels disparate none of it feels like detached from anything else you know what I mean I think I, I think the sort of, sort of overarching things that she wants to pull from this album tie everything else together so that something and that's the thing too is genre isn't a small deal, you know, like she, like she could have done too much, but somehow she makes it seem cohesive, even though it's intentionally different, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, like I, I think, um, it's, it's hard for me to imagine someone else, like we had said earlier, someone else making an album like this and like, particularly like right now, Mm -hmm. like, because it is, so like it it plays with genre. I, I mean, a lot of artists play with genre, but it plays with genre in a way that is like in the R and B space, for example. I feel like there's like an alternative R and B that is not like alternative, like just alternative in like different and experimental, but like you know, like Summer Walker or like a Janae or mm-hmm. like 
of her, some of hers, like, catalog is, like, creeping and almost, like, party next door-ish mm-hmm. at points. Um, but this is just, like, 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 it's, like, to me, it's, like, alternative at places in, like, in, like, the traditional sense, in that, in, like, the, hmm, what is the best way to put this without saying... Yeah, just I'll just say in like in like a more experimental sense, and I just have a hard time. I don't know who or how an album like this could happen right now. Yeah, I totally agree with that assessment. I really don't know how, because I mean, even a song like Desperado, it's not it's not a country song. I don't even know what to call that. I was thinking about that earlier when I was coming when I was doing my notes. It was like it's not country, it's not western, it's not R and B, it's not. Oh, it's the, it's I guess it falls in the general definition of pop but it's not a pop song either so i don't really know i just know i like it uh, yeah so and that's cool you know like that's cool it's like it's so it's so unique and it like is so fitting for her and i mean i would love to know like what kinds of things like were left on the cutting room floor as she was assembling anti you yeah. know because i think that her other albums like the songs that i can remember off of the other albums like not having necessarily listened to all of them like front to back are like poppier, more mm-hmm. R and B ish, or like desperately trying to push her as like an edgy figure, or push her as like an EDM queen, or like yeah, push her as like yeah. all things. Where it's just like she kind of just is yeah, on anti. Yeah. Um, I think that that kind of like purely distills kind of like the I haven't been able to articulate it, but yeah, she just kind of is. I don't know. She <laughs> she defies. This is such a millennial thing, but she kind of defies labels, man. Like, Rihanna's Rihanna. That is very millennial. (laughs) She's just kind of her. I mean, because to your point, I think about Rated R, which was in the aftermath of the Chris Brown assault, and how, I mean, I'm sure a lot of that was just, like, trauma and pain and her trying to, like, get through that. But um, it did come across as a little bit of, like, oh, she has to be this sort of, like, edgier person now because of this situation that happened in her life. And it's like, or she could just make the music she wants to make, you know? I don't know if she felt pushed to do that type of stuff, but I definitely did notice that, like like you said, she she it did seem like she was being pushed to do to be a certain thing to, I guess, for mass consumption. But um, when she's just kind of doing her, it's a little bit more natural, which I guess is pretty self-fulfilling. Uh, but um, it's a lesson we all should probably apply. Um, all right, what else? popularity of the album it was pretty popular i want to say yeah but i do think i don't i don't know if i want to get into this but like i do think that it's interesting that this and lemonade exists in sort of like the same like time period in pop music Mm. um and because i think that people have always sort of like well, at least in my friend groups or in, like, the circles that I've been in, like, people have thought about, like, Rihanna and Beyonce comparatively. Um, and I think, like, I like I, I don't want to compare the two. Why are you separating Black um, Queens, Michael Pritt? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe maybe what I should have said was nothing. But <laughs> I, I do think about them in that in that moment. And I like I like I think about going to both of the tours and like where the albums like sat with and how the album sat with me. And I think that Beyonce definitely did something um maybe like potentially more like well yeah, potentially more cohesive because it was like tied together with um a film. Mm-hmm. Um but Rihanna really I think provided a body of work that is like 
as important as a statement of like the development of like young womanhood as lemonade potentially yeah i don't i don't disagree i can't i mean i can't speak from it from the perspective of a young woman or a young black woman but um it's somebody who so i did lemonade uh on the pot with the homie rachel shout out um and we just kind of talked about I feel I feel weird in my Beyonce fandom sometimes, specifically with Lemonade, because the hoe is my favorite rapper, my favorite musician probably ever. I can't say musician, it's probably Stevie. But uh <laughs> rapper is hove. And so um just to know that like he almost fucked up a marriage to Beyonce was for I took that personally. For some reason, it was kind of like, yo, and so um to me, she's not just talking to Hove and album, she's talking to black men just generally. And Knowing that it makes it kind of hard for me to connect to Lemonades because it's like I like I agree with the concepts, I agree with the themes, and you make me want to be a better person. But just in general, um, something that's like pleasing for me to listen to is definitely anti. I would definitely pick anti over Lemonade for me. But um, yeah, I can see I, how I, for like young women to be a different story. But go ahead, I'm in. It's you. a hard, it's a hard thing because I think that they speak to like different like sides of you like rihanna i i mean beyonce is a lot is very self-assured at like points on lemonade like don't hurt yourself right mm-hmm. but like it is directly in response to like a nigga fucking up <laughs> where like rihanna it feels like a lot of like like yes like on love in the brain she's toiling back and forth about this love that is like difficult but it, it feels less decided, maybe. And, like, at some points, it feels more like she's in control. At some points, it feels less, like, de- decisive. I don't know. But I, I do think that, like, the beauty of Lemonade, a lot of it, for me, lies in the film and, like, the narrative. Mm-hmm. And, like, when you just, like, listen to the album, I have a different experience than when I'm just, like, listening to Anti. Yeah, I still need to watch... <clears throat> Lemonade start to finish, I feel like, in order to get the full narrative, because I've only listened to the album a few dozen times. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, you gotta watch the film start to But yeah, no, I've, I've heard that from countless people, is that, like, the film is an entirely different experience, so. Yeah. Uh, noted, again, I will, I will do that soon. Uh, I skipped favorite lyrics, which I kind of, I noted a few of my favorites on here, because she was snapping. Uh, I don't know if you have any that you want to highlight. Oh, I think that just like the beginning of Desperado, like 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 we we hit it on it a little earlier, you know, like the storytelling of that, you know, Desperado sitting in an old Monte Carlo, a man whose heart is hollow. Yeah. Take it easy. Take it easy. <laughs> she sounded like a mobster when she said, "I love that line." Take it easy. <laughs> Take it easy. You know? Yeah, like I, that. I I love that. I, like I just I love that she's like telling this nigga we're leaving. Right. We're leaving together. <laughs> yeah, we're leaving together. That's the thing. And I wrote down that she um she somehow makes the nigga see well she gives him a feeling of control even though he's not in control. Like she's like we can go but we going. It's not a you thing. It's like a we thing. And I'm like that's you a thug, bro. Like you really I love her. Love her. Um what else did I have? Uh, the sex, sex with me is amazing with her. I feel all right. Uh, talk your shit. Um, <laughs> oh, higher when she says, "I know I could be more creative and come up with poetic lines." I was like, "Oh, but you are coming up with poetic lines. That's cool." Yeah, uh, Bibi Borelli wrote that. I think. I think she said she wrote that in like twenty minutes, and she said she wrote that before. Bitch, better have my money. But uh, Rihanna heard this one first and wanted to keep it. So, oh, um, half-assed internet research. Uh, what else? 
<laughs> she's talking about shit on Woo. She's talking about shit on Desperado. Uh, Kiss It Better. James Joy. In consideration. What else? Oh, didn't didn't they tell you that I was a savage? She she uh, snapped on needed me too. Shout out to Star. Fuck your white horse in a carriage. But you never could imagine. Never so you could have it. You need me. Yeah. yeah, that's a classic line. She is, I don't know, man. I mean, we talking about, like, again, like, feminizing masculinity. She feminizing toxicity, too, though, because she's talking crazy to some of these niggas. It's like, yo, none of this behavior is okay, ma'am. Yeah, it doesn't matter who does it. It doesn't matter if you're future. It doesn't matter if you're Rihanna. Mm-hmm. However, I think if you are just, you know, on some get back shit. No, 100%. Conversation. Hundred percent. Cause she talked like um same old mistake. Well, not same mistake. Uh, yeah, I said it. And uh, needed me. She's talking crazy. And woo, she's talking crazy, crazy. It's like yo, <laughs> relax. But you know, she she really a thug like that. So I I ain't gonna come at her for real. Um, okay. Uh, time capsule. Do you think this album could still be made in twenty twenty? Um, or do you think it's a twenty sixteen exclusive? Yeah, I feel like it I feel like it lives in like a past era of Rihanna, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I feel like if it were if if we hadn't heard it before and it were to drop today, it would still be a bop, but like Yeah, I feel like I feel like it's very much rooted in like an era of Rihanna and like I'm excited about I'm excited about what's next. Yeah, I agree with that. Um It's weird you say that though, like now that I'm thinking about it cuz you're right. If we hadn't heard it before now i think everything was still fit and apply but now it's like now that we know that was her headspace in 2015 16 it's like mm-hmm. now i'm very intrigued to know what it is going into 2020 2021 so mm-hmm. um, who knows if we'll ever get our nine but she you know what if rihanna never makes another album like that's fine we don't need it i, I feel like i've been i mean and i want a new rihanna album it's somebody who i saw her perform this at mia16 made in I was, um, I mean, she fine, but I was, in, I, I love the fact that she was a full performer now with like the voice to carry her performances on stage. And like, she is elite. And I appreciate the fact that she's like, now that I have like put in my $10,000 on music, I am going to do other things because I know I can do this, but I know I can make a masterpiece in this. I want to become talented at other stuff. And it's like, you know what? You are an inspiration, Miss Fenty. I appreciate it. So, I mean, we kind of answered the second to last question. Artists love claiming growth on future projects. Is this um, their best? Well, she hasn't released any new music since then, so we really can't call it growth. I do appreciate her sort of personality growth, though. I think that's pretty discernible. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, like, I think this is of her catalog that I'm familiar with. This is, like, the most mature. So, Mm -hmm. like, this exhibits, exhibits growth from her previous projects to me. I think it's the most complete. I feel like I might have liked a few songs on different projects better. I think... Um, like what? Something like Watch and Learn is coming to mind. I really like Ooh, that song. Watch and Learn is good. But Watch and Learn to me lives in like the work family of Rihanna songs. You Fair. know? The, the, like the Caribbean-influenced family of Rihanna hits. And like... I don't know if I like Watch better i like it differently yeah but i love 
Watching learn is my shit. Um, and then so I'm looking at like the rated R track list now, and like I said, that was that was definitely a, an era of Rihanna where she was um, doing some different stuff. But I really like I like all the all the singles specifically. Like Wait Your Turn is my shit. Russian Roulette's my shit. Rude Boy is my shit. Um, Horror was my shit when it came out. I'm not so much a fan of it now. I don't I don't seek it out, but I did like it when it dropped. And then um, I think I said Rude Boy. Rude Boy is still a yeah. bop. Rude Boy is still a vibe. Rude Boy is bop. Rude Boy is great. That video was also great. Um, so yeah, I, I do think. And then, hmm. So like I said, like I I feel like I've been especially monitoring it since the assault, her career, and each album is of in and of, like of itself. Um. Like I said, she has her EDM period where, like, she's definitely... I, I do not like Only Girl in the World. Like, I hate that song. But I'm, oh, like I'm not a... I'm generally not an EDM fan. I will go ahead and, like, cop to my... I'm, I'm just not, like, an EDM fan. Um, How do you feel about We Found Love? No. What? Nigga, you don't like We Found Love? It's cool. Yellow Diamonds and Sky. I mean, it's fine, but it's not. I, I know, I'm not seeking it out. I'm not. Oh God, I love We Found Love. Have, okay, okay. Listen, if you don't like Rihanna's version, the EDM version, listen to Jessie J's cover of We Found Love that she does with for BBC. Mm, okay. She, like slow down. She Jessie J's it. It's 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 incredible. So you'll like that. Okay, I think. I'll check that one She's out. Like, yeah. But like you the one is my shit off talk that talk. That's probably well, I said watch and learn off bail, but you the one is my shit. Um and then we all want love. So like we all want love is like the sort of um the sort of um um see I already forgot the name of the damn song, which kind of proves my point of I forget until I like actually hear it. It's the never ending of Talk That Talk to Me. Where it's like it's just kind of a it's a guitar and her singing beautifully and I like it. So But we found Love is like like I keep coming back to the word maturity. Like we found love is very much like swaying, like kind of like optimistic, like kind of fluffy. Whereas like never ending is like not that. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> like yeah. I, I think that there's I think that there is value in the music that she made, and I think that the value also and the 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 tone of it reflects her aging through the process of creating music. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I mean, now I'm looking at Unapologetic, which I like too. I feel like I got to Unapologetic late. Shout out Ooh, to love song Unapologetic. Yeah, the love future. song is on. I was gonna ask too, like what her best ballad is too, because I really don't know the answer to that question. Because I was thinking about that with the like sort of unfaithful, kiss it better, love song sort of. What is her best? slow song but i don't really know the answer to that question i'm not asking you to answer it but it's something i was thinking about. yeah i mean i like i think that there's a difference between like when i think about a slow song and like a ballad like i think of like stay is like a ballad and like love song is like a slow song mm -hmm. but if we were to lump them all together i like love song because it is not a ballad like <laughs> i don't i don't like ballading rihanna like that like mm. i don't like that very much period you know so like those were those sorts of songs were never super endearing to me. Like they feel kind of like dated to me. But um, love song, if we're just talking slow songs and um, skin, mm -hmm. great. Like yeah, we're getting into like sex songs more than like slow songs. Yeah, fair enough. But... Fair enough. Yeah, I mean there, there there is a distinction. You are you are correct. Uh, <laughs> 
All right, those are all of the questions. Uh, do you have any final thoughts that you wanted to share about anti? No, I feel like I have done a lot of talking. <laughs> I feel like we both have. I hope I haven't talked your ear off. Um, no, it's so fun. Cool. See, that's the thing, man. I keep telling people is like, hopefully by minute 20, you're just talking. You don't even think about the fact that I'm going to have you on the phone for 90 minutes. Okay, cool. Um, well, thank you, Makapur, for doing this. One more, If you want to plug anything real quick, go ahead. Um, yeah, so if you, you have to type the www because my domain is weird, but if you want to read anything that I've written, it's at www.moncoperwrites.com. Um, you, you got, you, you could type that up and put that somewhere. Yeah, there, I right? will, I will link to that in the episode notes so people will be thank able you, to, you. you know. Cool, cool. Well, thank you again, ma'am, for doing this. Um, y'all, y'all listen to Anti if y'all haven't listened to it recently. I hope you have listened to it recently though, because um, you were missing out. All right, thank you so much. Cool, thank you. Um, yeah, I'll probably just go ahead and hang up. All right, cool. Thanks, man. Bye. Thanks so much again to Makapur, uh carving out two hours to on a Saturday on a busy Saturday morning slash afternoon. I'm sure for her to talk with your boy. Uh, listen to Anti right now. Even if you if you listen to it recently, if you haven't listened to it recently, if you listen to it all the time, this is a demand, not a request. Go listen to Anti right now, man. It's a, it I think it's a perfect album, personally. And I really hope um, after the conversation that Michael Pratt and I had that y'all agree or disagree. I don't know, but I hope um, this provides an impetus for y'all to revisit the album and, if nothing else, um, look at it from a different lens. So, Yes, uh, if nothing else, Rihanna will appreciate you giving her streams. And, I mean, you know, Rihanna's appreciation is worth a whole lot in this world, I've heard. It's, like, very valuable currency. So, yes, listen to Anti ASAP when you get a chance. Um, if you're listening to this on the Albums of the Decade feed, we'll be back next week with episode 11. Um, I, like I said, I don't pick the episodes. So I, I haven't here to four, but I've decided unilaterally, because <laughs> this is my project, but I've decided unilaterally that for every 10 episodes i'm gonna pick the 11th so um very excited to jump into what this album's gonna be i'm not gonna announce it now or the guest but the guest and i who you all are familiar with he is a very frequent guest on the show but he and i both have a very intimate personal relationship with this album and i am excited to talk to him about it specifically because i know the sort of relationship that he and i both have with this album so yes that is coming next week if you are listening to this on the just general what's who some radio feed um nba all-star post all-star talk is coming on friday the homies Kier and jeremy are returning if you remember i talked with them in november we linked up to do some just sort of first month of the nba season nba talk but now that it's all-star we're going to reconvene talk about what we got right what we got wrong it's going to be a lot of gloating on Kier's part he said it won't be but Kier's about to gloat so anyways that's coming on friday uh posted uh, ahead of the all-star break so give y'all a little bit of nba talk for the weekend and even if y'all don't listen to it until monday it'll be pre-all-star so kind of give you a little bit of insight of what we're thinking before the weekend and before the all-star game so um yes very excited for what's happening again go visit whatsuitsim.com um follow us everywhere at whatsuitsim just to stay abreast of what we're doing with the project um and again uh if you like what you hear on both fees, I'm the decade and was who some radio like review, subscribe. Um, these numbers do matter. And as we try to expand into 2020 and 2021, um, every little bit helps. So please um, tell a friend, 
telephone, uh, telegram, to just tell folks about it. And even just by pushing that like or subscribe button, that gets us more visibility. So much obliged, much appreciation. Again, um, I will talk to y'all on tomorrow or next week. So looking forward to it. See y'all then. Let's go.